Hey there, Seaver fans! This is Angela Bowen, the host of Show Me That Smile Again, a Growing Pains podcast. How's everyone doing today? Did you all enjoy your first day of spring? Well, let me tell you, it wasn't so great here. The sun was up and out when I woke up at like 9.30 in the morning. And then it started to rain and there was a smidge of snow. What a shitty first day of spring. But then again, this is Michigan, so am I surprised? Not really. (laughs) Alright, today I'm going to be discussing the third chosen episode of Ben Seaver. This comes from season four, episode 14, entitled Feet of Clay which aired on February 8th, 1989. So we're breaking into 89 here, the last year of the 80s. In this episode, oh, we got a couple um, plot summaries here. Maggie arranges a meeting between Ben and his favorite rock star, who turns out to be a disappointment in reality. And the next one says, when Ben's favorite rock star comes to town, Maggie pulls some strings through her television station to get him a backstage pass and tickets to the show. Jason accompanies Ben and quickly realizes that Ben's idol is not what he seems. Just so you guys know, if you have Amazon Prime, you can watch all the episodes, all the seasons of Growing Pains. I'm not going through every single episode, but then if you've been listening to this podcast for Growing Pains, you know that I'm going solely based on the characters. This episode's got a 6.2 out of 10 on IMDb for the rating and out of 43 ratings. We have special guest star here, Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt plays... Well, let me get to the shout-out here, too, because I asked the question... What is the name of the rock star? The trivia question, what is the name of the rock star that Ben idolizes? So let me get into that. Here it is. Now let's see if I can pronounce this. It's from Instagram. LKS1975 said, Jonathan Keith. And I said, you got it. So that's your shout out. Thank you for playing the trivia game and we'll be back again. I think I want to also do some fun things like uh, put a picture up there and say caption this or, or something. I just I think that would be cute. So let me get back to IMDb here. Uh, this episode was directed by John Tracy. Writers Neil Marlins, the creator, who you all know, created The Wonder Years alongside Carol Black. Todd Thick. Todd Thick. This episode was written by Todd Thick. Oh, I'm thinking Robin Thick. He's the younger one. How old was Todd Thick? Because that's clearly that's Alan's other son. He's got how many kids does Alan got? Okay, here we go. Brother. Oh, it says brother. Alan Thick's brother. My goodness. I am sorry, Alan. I'm sorry, Todd. My mistake. So we got brother. He is the brother of Alan Thicke. Ex-uncle-in-law of Paul Patton. Former brother-in-law of Gloria Loring and Gina Marie Tolson. 
brother-in-law of Tanya Kello and Kenny Kello, uncle of Brennan Thick, Robin Thick, and Carter Thick. So Brennan, Robin, and Carter must be Alan's kids then. All right, gotcha. So was Robin the only one to do the the acting singing thing? What about um, Brennan and and Carter? I don't know. I don't know. Let's see here. Oh, we got a user review. I'm gonna read it right now. Well, I didn't get a user review this episode. I IMDb got a user review. Okay. Here we go. Brad Rock's Growing Pains. This review's from 2006. Here, let me take a sip of pop. My mouth's getting dry. Mm, okay. Episode title, Fita Clay, Maggie Seaver, Joanna Kearns, arranges for her son Ben, Jeremy Miller, to meet his favorite rock star played by Brad Pitt. Filmed in 1989, it's very cool to see Brad Pitt in his early days in the inter entertainment industry. Long before he was Mickey O'Neill in Snatch, I've never seen that, or Rusty Ryan in Ocean's Eleven and Ocean's Twelve, I've also never seen either of those. No, I'm saying I've never seen them, not the reviewer. He was a rock star named Jonathan Keith in this episode of Growing Pains. Growing Pains was also helpful in launching the career of a young Leonardo DiCaprio. However, Leo's appearances on the show came later as a series regular in Luke Brower from 91 to 92. Oh, here we go. Seven out of... What did the other person... They didn't rate it. Okay. Seven out of ten. The Fallen Idol starring Brad Pitt. This episode has Brad Pitt as an obnoxious self-centered rock star Jonathan Keith. But Ben Seaver is a huge fan and would love to see him, but... He can't get the tickets. Jason went to the Cornell Medical School with Jonathan's father, Al Alexander, Dr. Alexander Keith. I remember that from the episode. Uh, Jonathan's father gets tired of being asked for tickets. <laughs> Maggie pulls it off by getting tickets through her television station. Well, ah, Maggie, you got all the connections. Way to go. Of course, they go to a private sound check where Jason gets Jonathan to sign Ben's album. Remember the records? <laughs> this person put in quotes. Well, anyway, Jason overhears Jonathan being nasty to his road manager and bodyguard who is supposed to protect him from fans. Anyway, Ben gets a taste of Jonathan's bad medicine and decides whether he wants to go to his concert. Look. It's not a great episode, but it's interesting to see Brad Pitt before Jennifer and Angelina. It's nice to see him in this episode that just seemed like yesterday. Okay. Ooh, we got some connections. Taxi Driver, title reference. Taxi, the television show, with Danny DeVito as Louie. I've never seen either of those. Geraldo Rivera Show, an announcer on TV... Housewives who eat their young on the next Geraldo. Ew! Ew! That's gross. And I think I already said, yeah, February 8th, 1989 is when this aired. Uh, Brad Pitt was on an earlier episode. Was it season three of Growing Pains? He was um, Jeff, Jeffrey. Uh, a new guy, a new transfer student who Carol... Just falls gaga head over heels with and breaks up with her boyfriend over this guy. 
We'll get to that episode when we get to Carol. But as always, before I get into the official episode, I'd like to let you all know where you can follow the Growing Pains Show Me That Smile Again podcast. There are a couple pages. We have Facebook, Show Me That Smile Again, a Growing Pains podcast, and Instagram. I always tend to blank. Instagram at Growing Pains Pod. So that way you guys can follow along, see which character I'm going to be coming up with next. Um, just a word of warning, I guess, if you want a little note, um, which I'll also let you guys know again in next week's episode, I am going to be taking a month off the Growing Pains podcast for the month of April, but I will be back in May with a new character. I still gotta, um, decide which episodes and which person I'm going to do. Um, but you will still get a couple episodes of Small Wonder for the month of April. Um, I'm thinking of doing, uh, reviewing the movie Terror in the Family, maybe a couple other, um, Joanna Kearns movies, because I really, really like her as an actress. Um, there's another movie that has her, it's based on a true story, it's got her, Barry Bostwick, and John Stamos, Uncle Jesse, as, um a drug addict, uh, killer. It's called Captive. It came out in 1991. Um, so, but I also, like I said, I'll be doing a terror, a terror in the family, which came out in 96. Also, you know, because it's got Dan Loria from Growing Pains and I did the, from Growing Pains, from the Wonder Years. Um, and I did the Wonder Years show that, that, I like how that connects the two podcasts together. We have Dan Loria from The Wonder Years. We got Joanna Kearns from Growing Pains. Hilary Swank, who was in a couple episodes of, I think, season seven of Growing Pains. She played Sasha Sarotsky, who Ben was just gaga goo goo over, and she would not look at him even once. Like, get away from me. I don't like you. I think I'll also do Beethoven's second next month as well. So a couple movies coming your way for and small wonder for the month of April. Then we'll get back into the characters in May. I might take, you know, a month off here or there to do other things. With June coming up, I would like to do the um the two part episode where the Seavers go to Maui kinda as a jump into summer type of thing, so that'll probably come towards the end of June. I'm thinking if I didn't do it last year, which I probably didn't, I'm gonna re release the three part or the three episode podcast episode of the Wonder Years summer vacation one, which I don't think I re released that one, so look forward to that in June too. Where did June is like three months away, but I'd like to look ahead. All right, guys, let's jump into this episode. Let's see what kind of a piece of shit Jonathan Keith is, because we all know if we've seen this episode, that guy is a royal P.O.S. Hi, I'm Jason Seaver. I'm a psychiatrist, and I believe in the infinite potential of the human spirit. And I'm Maggie Seaver. I'm a mother. And the infinite potential of the human spirit scares the hell out of me. <laughs> Don't let her fool you. She's not so tough. Oh, yeah? Yeah, well, anyway, last week, after 15 years of motherhood, 
Maggie went back to work as a reporter for the local newspaper. And Jason moved his practice into the house so he can be there for the kids. They're great kids. Yeah. And we have a great relationship with them. Yeah, there's just one problem. Their father trusts them, and they know it. Unbelievable. <laughs> Show them that smile again. Don't waste So we get a cold open here. The first thing we see is a album. It says Jonathan Keith on the bottom of it. it. says Phoenix Rising. And then, of course, it says in black Sharpie lettering on what looks like construction paper strips that are cut out underneath. Tickets on sale here. We see a long-ass line of people that goes all the way down the block. Do you think it's... The, that the line's as long as, say, the Itchy and Scratchy movie premiere? Probably not. So, we see Mike and Ben in line. Mike is complaining, like, I can't believe I made, I let you get me up before the pegs to get in line for some stupid concert. And Ben's like, well, I'm paying you $5 an hour, so shut your mouth. Alright? And he's like, man, I hope there's still tickets left. This is back in the day before you could just order your tickets through, like, Ticketmaster or wherever. I never had to wait in line to get tickets for, um, anything. Really. I mean, the movie theater, I got my tickets, like, a couple days in advance for the show. Because that's just, like, what I like to do. I mean, God bless the internet, right? Because it makes having to really wait for anything pretty much non-existent. I mean, you can go to, like, a Mickey D's, and you don't even have to wait for your food anymore. You just go on the mo- There's so many mobile apps now for food that you just place your order, you go in and grab it, and it's there. It's like, we live in this world now of, of convenience for the- I mean- when the days finally come now, the, the days finally come that you don't have to wait in line to get your fast food. Because who the hell wants to sit in a fucking drive-thru? I never wait in the drive-thru. I always go in and get my food. How many hours have they been in line? Because Mike's alarm goes off like, hey, that's another $5. And Ben's like, oh, fuck. Well, hopefully I can still afford the tickets by the time I get to the damn ticket window. So Ben... Er, Mike is just kind of joking with Ben, like, this Jonathan Keith, who the hell's this dude? Never fucking heard of him. And Ben's like, what's wrong with him? And, and Mike's, like, making this old people joke, like, ah, oh, kids today, back in my day, I listened to them, whatever. And Ben's like, who? And Mike tells him, like, no, the who? That's, like, the dad mom used to listen to back in the fucking 60s. So this girl, this woman cuts in line in front of Ben and Mike. And, of course, they're outraged. Like, hey, what are you doing? And she turns around and Mike is just, gah, 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 gah. I mean, what are you doing for breakfast? Like, Mike, please. So Mike asks the girl's name. She's like, Ellie. And, of course, Ben knows everything. He knows Jonathan Keith better than Jonathan Keith knows Jonathan Keith. 
Because he's like, hey, that's Ellie's wife, or that's Jonathan's wife's name. And the girl's like, I know. And at first I'm like, is this his wife? His wife wouldn't be standing in line to get tickets to her husband's concert. I don't know. When I watched this on the Disney Channel back in the day, I don't know what the hell possessed me to like, oh, that could be his wife. Like, it's not his wife. That girl looks to be about Mike's age. Which then again, how old is Jonathan Keith? Maybe 24? 23? 22? He's got to be right around Mike's age. I was kind of thinking, it's like, Ben and Mike are the only ones that really even notice this girl cut in line. No one else is like, hey, what are you doing? The line starts at the back. So Mike's like, oh yeah, my name's Jonathan. And Ben just rolls his eyes like, don't pay any attention to him. <laughs> He's just my taxi driver. And then Mike, of course, does that taxi driver impression. Like, you talking to me? There's no one else here. You must be talking to me or something to that effect. So the line actually happens to stretch past a TV uh, TV shop because it's got some, uh, these aren't flat screens, you guys, come on, we know this, it's 89, they didn't have flat screens yet, um, but Ben's like, hey, it's Jonathan, as it comes up on the screen, Brad Pitt rocking out. You don't even hear anything, yet people are just grooving and dancing to the music. Like, they probably already know what the song is, just by, um, the gyrations of Jonathan Keith. <laughs> Mike just looks at everyone just rocking out to the music with no sound. It's like, what? Excuse me, remember Springsteen season one, Mike? You're telling me you and your dad were rocking out in line, waiting to get into building, rocking out to Springsteen. Come the hell on. You know, you've been to a concert, Mike. You know how this works. So, we find out that the tickets are now completely sold out by this stringy long-haired guy with a jean jacket and he looks like he's probably been sleeping. He's pulling a Homer Simpson where he probably slept right there by the box office, waiting for the ticket window to open up. What the hell was, what? Homer Loves Flanders, I think, wasn't it? it? Yeah, it was. It was um where Ned won tickets to the game. It was from, the episode was from season five. And Homer originally... He slept right outside the ticket window for it to open up. And then when it does, this guy goes up there and says, basically he wants to buy all the tickets, but then he says, oh, I don't have any, I only have this much. Can I just pay the rest of you later? And the lady says, sure, why not? And then puts a sold out sign up in the window. It's like, bullshit. Are you kidding me? That line hasn't, here, this line hasn't even fucking moved. So are people just buying the tickets through the phone? I mean, Ben probably could have done that. And then and this burnout looking guy's like, I've been camped out here for three days, man. Well, didn't Homer like miss like a week of work <laughs> to stand out sleep outside the ticket box window? And the guy um in the Simpsons episode is like, with the money you could have made missing work, you could have bought tickets from a scalper. 
So the girl named Ellie and Ben rush up to the ticket window as the guy, the seller, is putting a little sign that says, Jonathan Keith, tickets sold out. Fuck off. I feel bad for Ben. This really sucks. He's not, you know, I've been saving my money for months. What am I going to do now? I remember when, um... For the Hanson concert back in 2010, it was in August, was it not? Yeah, because I was, I arrived at like just before, I think it was like just after 10 o'clock and there's already a small little line of mostly 20-something year old girls hanging out. So, uh, I, yeah, because I was reading the book Water for Elephants for the first time. That was such a nice day. The weather was good. They wouldn't open the doors until, like, maybe two. And, um, no, it was, it was awesome. It's just, I hung out there, read my book, listened to my music. It was a great, great day. So, Ben and Mike walk away as Mike mentions something about a big tip for the taxi, since he's the taxi driver. And Ben does that. You talking to me? And then we jump into the intro. Oh, there's baby Chrissy. Oh, she's so cute. And of course, we get Ben at the end of the episode hanging back as everyone else heads to the house. And it always seems like Mike is the one to, uh, like, hey, Ben, let's go. We're heading back inside. So you know that, of course, whoever's left standing at the end of the intro is the one the story's going to focus on. So Ben... Head hanging low, comes inside. J it's breakfast time. Hey, they arrived just in time. Uh, Jason's at the kitchen island kind of getting stuff done. And he's like, hey, let me guess. You guys were the only ones in line, right? <laughs> Have you ever bought tickets to a concert, Jason, and waited in line for something? You are never the only two in line. So Ben's like, we should have just camped out like I wanted. It's like, he, they weren't going to let you skip school for that, Ben. And they weren't going to miss work for you to do that either. Of course, Mike is over there behind Ben counting out his money. Like, I made up pretty good. Like, shut up, Mike. Yeah, today, just with concert tickets, it's a matter of convenience. I mean, I ordered tickets for the Josh Groban concert coming up in June, and... I, I jumped on like, oh, they're on sale? Okay, let me get some. So, uh, Jeremy and I are gonna go to Josh Groban in con I've seen Josh Groban in concert twice. Once in 2007, right? Six, seven? Seven. Yeah, it was seven, because I was working at Blockbuster, and my, uh, manager also was going to the concert. Um, and then, of course, in 2010, no, 2011. Um, I went and saw him again. So, the first time I went and saw him, Jeremy actually drove me. And then the second time, I actually managed to... I don't like downtown Grand Rapids. I really don't like it. Um, I prefer where I'm at. It, our little downtown is much, much easier to navigate. So, I'm like, I really don't want to do downtown. Jeremy, why don't you go to the concert with me? He's like, okay. He, he just saw Metallica, like, it's been over a week he saw Metallica in concert, and I just, I'm not into metal music. I'm really, really not. 
But I'm like, hey, Jeremy, want to go to the concert with me? I really don't want to drive downtown. He's like, it's not that difficult. I'm like, I know it's not, but I really would rather you drive and go to the concert with me. So Carol's like, Ben, or Mike, sometimes you can be so insensitive to other people's feelings. And then Ben is kind of grumbling, like, geez, sold out. The worst two word, the worst word I've ever heard. And Carol's got to chime in with, like, oh, Ben, actually, it's two words. And he's like, Carol, I can think of another two words. And they're like, Ben, relax. But it's like, Ben, Ben is just pissed off. I'd be pissed as fuck. Like, give me a door to fucking slam right now, because I really, all my anger and frustration would go out into that door. So, Ben's like, I'm just angry. And Jason puts his arm around Ben's shoulder, like, I wish there's something I could do, son. And Mike's like, well, I mean, you could call a scalper. I'm sure the tickets are only, like, $200. And Jason's like, well, yeah, son, I wish there was something I could do. I'm not spending $200 on tickets. So I'm going to play this clip as Ben is, like, really desperate at this point. Like, don't you guys know anybody that has tickets? I mean, Dad, you're a psychiatrist. Mom, you work at a news station. Seriously, you don't know anybody. So, was I right? You two are the only guys in line? <laughs> Sorry, Ben. Like I said, we should have camped out like I wanted. If I'd have been on the clock, I could have been up for it. Sometimes you can be so thoughtless in what you say. Man, sold out the cruelest word I've ever heard. Well, actually, Ben, it's two words. Carol, I can think of another two words. Ben, sorry, I'm just upset. Come on, Ben, there'll be other concerts. Not Jonathan's. Well, I wish there was something I could do, son. Well, you could call a scalper, Dad. I'm sure the tickets only be about 200 bucks a piece. Like I said, I wish there was something I could do. Don't you guys know anybody who might have tickets? All I know are psychiatrists, Ben. Well, I was reading in a fan magazine that Jonathan's dad's a psychiatrist. Yeah, well, I don't know every psychiatrist. Dr. Alexander Keith? Alex Keith? Uh-huh. From Boston? Uh-huh. I know him. <laughs> From med school, Maggie, you remember? Oh, yeah, is he the guy that threw all those parties? This is great! Oh. Well, what's the matter? I'm married to a man old enough to have a son that's a rock star. <laughs> so Ben's like, Dad, you don't know anybody? And Jason's like, well, son, all I know are psychiatrists. I don't know any other people outside of my work. And that's where Ben chimes in. like, oh, yeah, well, Jonathan Keith's father is a psychiatrist. I read it in a fan magazine. Wow. Ben, you gotta be a little cautious with those fan magazines. They tend to sometimes make up shit. As we will later probably learn once Ben is spouting off all these facts to Jonathan Keith about Jonathan Keith. <laughs> so luckily, uh, Ben says the magic two words, Alexander Keith, Dr. Alexander Keith. And Jason's like, oh, I know that guy. Yeah, Maggie, remember? She's like, oh, yeah, wasn't he the guy that threw all those parties and stuff? And then she's like, oh, yeah. And Jason's like, what? She's like, I can't believe I'm old enough to have a son who could be a rock star. Well, they had Mike, what, probably when they were, well, they got to be in their 
early 40s by now. So they probably had Mike, like, maybe at 22, 23, maybe? So, Jonathan Keats probably started out young. So in the next scene, uh, Jason's got his address book, because that's how we did things. We wrote people's names and numbers and addresses down in an address book. So he's going to give him a call and see if he can snag some tickets. Like, oh, my son is a big fan of your son. And uh, we don't really hear Alexander, Dr. Alexander Keith's responses other than what we're getting on Jason's end. He's like, oh, no, I have no idea who, uh, how many people have hit you up for tickets. So, yeah, this guy is like, already sensing Jason's ruse. Like, do you want to know how many people who've, out of the blue, just called me up and said, hey, my son loves your son, or my daughter really likes your son. Can you help me out with tickets? Uh, that's what you get, I guess, when you're the parent of a rock star. Everyone's going to come out of the woodwork like, I want tickets! They're sold out here! Can you do me a solid? Like, fuck you. No! He doesn't... We learn later... That uh, Alexander Keith and his father and his son Jonathan don't fucking talk to each other like at all. Cause Jason's like, oh, I knew your father, and he's like, oh yeah, yeah, me too. <laughs> hey fuck. I mean, I can't see like Jonathan Keith's father being happy that his son's a rock star, other than the fact that he's raking in billions of dollars. But I mean, that'd be like. Jason isn't, we haven't even gotten to that point in the show yet. This is only season four. Mike's in college. But at one point, Mike wants to be an actor after starring in um, that Our Town production. And Jason is kind of putting his foot down. like, And he and Mike get into this big argument. And Mike ends up just up and moving out, which... If I were Jason, it's like, I'm paying for you to go to college. I'm not going to pay for you to go out and find yourself and think you're going to become a fucking actor. Like, I'll, I'll pay for you to go to school, but if you don't want to go to school, then you're kind of on your fucking own. So I'm going to play this clip as Jason is trying to get a hold of uh, Alexander Keith. Doesn't have, does not go over well. And Maggie's like, honey, honey, I got this. Here, let me make some calls. Maggie has got the connection. She she gets on the phone with someone like, oh, no, three tickets will be plenty. Oh, you don't have to send a limo. That, but thank you. Smooth. Very smooth. When's the last time you spoke to him? Well, at the last reunion. Honey, that's quite a while ago. Oh, yeah, but you remember the kind of guy Alex is. You can go for years without talking to him, and the minute you do, it's like not a day's pass. Hello, Alex. Hey, Jason. Deaver! Uh, medical school, Cornell. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> no, no, full head of hair. <laughs> hey, so how you been? <laughs> Great. Yeah, look, I was wondering, you know, uh, since uh, you and I spoke at that last reunion a couple years ago, and uh, you said, uh, make sure you keep in touch, and... Yeah, you said that. <laughs> well, you know, my son, he thinks that your son is just the most No, I have no idea how many people hit you up for tickets. <laughs> no, you have uh, you have every right to uh, present that. Uh, no, 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 that's it. I just uh, wanted to touch base. <laughs> 
Yeah, so I'll, I'll see you at the next reunion. Or not. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. How many tickets did you get? Maggie. Oh, I'm just trying to cheer you up with a little joke. Ben would have been so happy. Now I gotta go call a scalper and spend 400 bucks. I've got an idea. I love it. <laughs> I don't know why I didn't think of this before. What is it? I'm gonna call the entertainment editor at the station. Yes, this is Maggie Malone for Steve Jurgens. He's always bragging about his music contacts. <laughs> yeah, well, it's worth a shot. Hello, Steve. This is Maggie. I've got a question. See, my son Ben is a big fan of Jonathan Keith, and he would just kill for tickets to... Uh-huh. Don't feel bad, sweetheart. I failed, too. <laughs> that would be wonderful. <laughs> Jason, how about if you and I take Ben tonight? Sure. Oh, Steve, I can't thank you enough. Oh, no, no. Three tickets is plenty. <laughs> Silly, you don't have to send the limo. <laughs> so I'd say that friendship between uh, Dr. Seaver and Dr. Keith is pretty much severed. But then again, could you really call it a friendship? It sounds like more of an acquaintance. <laughs> like, you, even Magazine, honey, when was the last time you talked to this guy? He's like, oh, at the reunion? She's like, honey, that was a while ago. <laughs> Are you sure he's even going to remember you? And Jason's like, oh, honey, you know how Alex is when we get to talking. It's almost like no time has gone by at all. Gets on the phone. Hey, Alex, it's Jason. Saber. Cornell, medical school. Cornell. Does he know Jacob Jankowski? <laughs> no, he wouldn't know him. He's a fictional character who also went to Cornell. Um, and graduated in 1931. Wait, no, he didn't. No, he was on the Banzini Brothers, um, circus, and then the thing happened. It, it's a fictional book. Guys, Water for Elephants, I lived and breathed that book in 2010. Read the book, got the audiobook. I, when I worked at Goodwill, I played the audiobook all the fucking time. All the damn time. When I worked in the back. <laughs> Some people that I used to work with, I like, hey, I remember when you play those audiobooks in, in, in the back room. <laughs> and then I saw the movie, and I saw it ten times in the theater. I know it's very uh, crazy, but on the second viewing, I'm like, I like that Kristoff Waltz. I find him attractive. <laughs> So, yeah, Maggie calls up the station. Um, this guy that uh, also works there in the entertainment section, because she writes for the... Didn't she write for the newspaper? Um, he's got... He's always bragging about his music connections and everything. So she calls him up, Steve Jurgens, says, Hey, Steve, my son is a big Jonathan Keith fan. You wouldn't happen to. And then he kind of cuts her off and Jason takes this as a sign of, oh, it didn't work out. Like, honey, don't worry, I failed too. And she's like, oh, three tickets is plenty. Thank you so much. Oh, you don't have to send a limo. And Jason the whole time is sitting on the couch reading the paper and he's crumpling it. Like, oh my God. <laughs> my wife's having better luck than I did. Because 
Jason was actually going to go so far as to call a scalper and pay 200 bucks a ticket. Because he loves his son that much, and it sucks that he was going to miss out on this opportunity. So I'm going to play this clip as uh, Maggie drops the news to Ben-Ben, and he's like, oh, Mom, thank you so much. Oh, my God. I'm going to the concert. And, and this afternoon we can go down to the arena and watch them do the sound check for tonight's concert. I get to watch Jonathan set up for the show? Uh-huh. Oh, you signed your old pal into giving you the tickets. All right, Dad. I knew I got my gift from someplace. Look, I think it's about time you learn the difference between gratitude and groveling, all right? Yeah, easy, Ben. That look on your face is thanks enough for me. Oh, come on, Jason. You didn't do shit. Because I meant to mention that. I just, I might have mentioned it. So, not only does Ben get to see the concert, he gets to go to a sound check before the concert and watch Jonathan Keith set up for his show. Fucking A. Maggie Siebert delivers. But Ben's all like, yeah, Dad, oh my gosh, I can't. I was like, and he's sitting on Jason's lap. And Jason's like, oh, he's just basking in this glory. Like, oh, Ben, the the look on your face is thanks enough. And you just turn, we cut to Maggie, and Maggie is just glaring at Jason like, honey, you didn't do a fucking thing, and you were soaking up Ben's gratitude, like, um, son, I think you need to be warming my lap, because Jason looks at Maggie like, oh, well, son, actually, you need to be, you know, thanking your mother, she was the one that went to all the trouble, I, I failed miserably, (laughs) like, come on, man, so, in the next scene, Maggie is kind of saying, all right, uh, Chrissy's down for the count. She's sleeping. Um, I have her milk in a, her food, whatever. She, I think Maggie's most likely breastfeeding at this time, so she's probably pumped some milk, got it in the fridge to cool. And Carol's like, why are you telling me this? And Maggie's like, because you're babysitting. And Carol's like, well, I know, I, I promised my friend Debbie we're going to go to the um the movie. And Maggie's like, I'll give you $10. And Carol says, well, you know, Mom, I made a commitment to, to, to my friend. I can't just... And Maggie's like, fine, 20 And Carol's like, who's Debbie? Thank you. Because at first she's like, Mom, you don't have to pay me. It's my family duty. But, you know, this commitment to go see a movie with my friend. Like, I'll pay you $20. Okay, bye. So Jason comes through into the kitchen with Mike. Says, hey, honey, Mike is babysitting. And Maggie's like, "Uh uh-huh. And how much did you pay him? And Mike, of course, pulls the same thing that Carol does with, oh, I don't expect to get paid. It's my family duty. And she just looks at Jason like, how much? And he's like, 20 bucks. So... She lets Carol off the hook, says, hey, you're free to go to the movies with your friend. And, of course, Carol's like, well, Mom, I need the money. I mean, this is 89. 20 bucks could go farther in 89 than it can in 2019. It's been 30 years since 89. 
So Jason's like, well, Mike, there you go. You can go to your party. And Mike's like, what party? I mean, I, I was all psyched to babysit, Dad. I need that $20. Um, as Jason is kind of, he's uh, Ben's album, record album. <laughs> Wouldn't the guy have cassettes out by this? Or even CDs in 1989? Weren't CDs around in 89? They might have been. Just because I was only introduced to them in the... Uh, mid-90s doesn't mean that they weren't out prior to that. I mean, I just assume, oh, CDs came out in the 90s. Well, no, they actually existed before the 90s, so. So Jason's like, hey, Maggie, what do you know? Two babysitters for the price of five. <laughs> All right, now we get to uh, the sound check here. So Maggie, Jason, and Ben come from the sound check. Maggie's got her hands up near her ears as she's trying to uh, massage some sound back into her ears because that was a loud-ass fucking sound check. Well, Jonathan Keith is a rock star, so he probably plays, like, major rock music that would blow out your eardrums. And knowing, I mean, Ben would probably want to be, like, right next to the stage. So they're in the back, and... Ben is, like, trying to find where Jonathan's dressing room would be. So Ben points at, I bet that's the door right there. And we see it. It says janitor. And Jason's like, Ben, that says janitor. I don't think that's his dressing room. And Ben is like, well, Dad, of course it's going to be there because that way it would detour from any unwanted attention from fans. Well, if Ben knows that, then how many other fans probably would uh, jump on to that conclusion? So Jason's kind of trying to deter Ben, like, hey, Ben, you know, I mean, Jonathan Keith is probably back at his hotel room. He's not going to hang around here, you know. That's how Elvis used to do it back in the day. And Ben just look, looks at his dad and is like, Dad, Elvis is dead. Like, please don't compare Jonathan Keith, the rock star, to Elvis Presley, the crooner. So a guy comes out of the janitor closet. Ben was right. That is where Jonathan Keith is hiding out. And this blonde-haired, mulleted, big muscle guy goes to this other guy and says, Hey, Jonathan wants some hot coffee now. And the dark-haired guy with a really fucked-up face says, Where am I going to find hot coffee at 3 in the afternoon? Clearly, this is code for find me somebody that I can fuck before my concert. Just by the fact that the guy asks, where am I going to find, quote unquote, hot coffee at three in the afternoon? As in a prostitute or somebody. So Ben is so excited. Like, he's here. Jonathan's here. I gotta take a shit or something. I gotta pee. Like, oh boy. All the times for your bladder to give out on you, Benny. So I'm going to play this clip. <laughs> Jonathan's dressing has got to be around here somewhere. <laughs> Jason, was that sound check especially loud or I'm getting older than I thought? Older. Older? So your hearing's fine. You're a young woman. <laughs> that's the door. I bet you that's it. Then that door says janitor. That's probably just fool proposals, but it didn't fool me. Well, you know, he may have gone back to his hotel or something. may not even be around here. That's the way Elvis used to do it. Dad, Elvis is dead. <laughs> All right. Jonathan wants some hot coffee in his dressing room ASAP. <laughs> Where am I going to find hot coffee at 3 o'clock in the afternoon? Okay, I'm on it. 
idea. Well, the excitement's too much for you two. What? Just go to the bathroom. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, oh sorry, I didn't see. No sweat, Pops. Pops. <laughs> So Maggie also excuses herself to go to the bathroom. And he's like, oh, you gotta go to the bathroom too. And she's like, what? And he's like, just just go, just go. And all the stagehands around are like all clapping. Like, and she's like, thank you, thank you. (laughs) So Jason's hanging there waiting for Ben and Maggie to get back. And lo and behold, Jonathan Keith comes out of his dressing room. So this is the first shot of Brad Pitt as Jonathan Keith. I'm going to play this clip. This guy is an asshole who we will later learn. I mean, he's just really kind of arrogant and yeah, Jason's not fooled by this guy. But he and Ben and Maggie all get to meet him and we will also hear um, that exchange. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, excuse me, Jonathan. Jonathan, could I, uh, could I get your autograph? Uh, yeah, no problem, man. Uh-huh. You know, it's nice to have fans your age. <laughs> yeah, I'm, uh, I'm not a fan of yours. Uh, I mean, no, my son is a big fan of yours. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. His name's, uh, Ben. Can you make it out to Ben, please? <laughs> oh, boy. I, uh, I know your dad, you know. Yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> Medical school, Cornell. Did he ever tell you, uh, the story of the missing cadaver? Hmm? No, no, he didn't. Uh, I guess I better not tell you either, then, eh? <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm Jason Sievers. Ah, Jonathan Keith. Oh, I know. Oh, <laughs> uh, boy. My son's gonna die, you know. He's had us out here for the last hour just to try to get a glimpse of you. His kidneys pick now to pull him away. <laughs> uh, no, Jonathan, hot coffee will be here in about ten minutes. All right, thanks, pal. Well, it's been a pleasure. You gotta run. Oh, hey, 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 whoa, whoa. <laughs> 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 hey, John, John, uh, I know you got a million things to do. It's <laughs> concert day and everything, but you know, he'll be down here in about any second, I swear. So if you just... You'll wait just a teensy tiny minute and you'll say All right, all right, I'll tell you what, man. If he's back within ten minutes, spring him by my dressing room. Be more than happy to say hello. Oh, that would be so terrific. <laughs> yeah, um, mine's the one marked janitor. Help keep the bozos away. <laughs> Didn't fool me. <laughs> well, I'll see you around. Hey, I'll see you. All right. All right. <laughs> all right. Oh, nice guy. job to protect me? Oh, I, I was getting a donut. <laughs> You're all stuffed in your fat face, man. Some bozo hits on me to meet a stupid kid. I'm sorry. Oh, oh, you're sorry. Well, sorry's not good enough. Now, I will meet this guy's brat. Why? Because I'm a nice guy. Go grab this paint in the butt photographer and let's get some PR mileage out of this, please. And make sure the future bozo stay out of my face. It's, uh, it's all right. I belong here. I'm uh, the original bozo. So, 
Jason sees Jonathan Keith come out of his dressing room. He's like, hey, my son's gone to go to the bathroom. Can you sign uh, his album for me? And Jonathan Keith is like looking like, where can I put the album that I can write without a problem? So he has Jason kind of bend down and he's kind of using his back to uh, write on the album. And Jason brings it up like, oh, I know your dad. We went to Cornell together. And... Uh, uh, Jonathan Keith is like, oh yeah, yeah, I knew my dad too at once upon a time. And Jason's like trying to make small talk, like, oh, did your dad ever tell you the story about the missing cadaver? And J Jonathan goes, no, no, he didn't. And he's like, well, I better not tell you then. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Oh, Jason just is really over the fucking top here. Um... And, you know, Jonathan wants to get back to his dressing room. And Jason's like, well, my son, he'll be, like, back, like, just any second. I know you're busy. You got a million things to do. It being, you know, concert day and everything. But my son will be right back. And Jonathan's like, hey, man, look, um, if he's back within ten minutes, because that's when his, Jonathan's quote-unquote hot coffee will arrive... It's like, uh, bring him by my dressing room. It's a little marked janitor. You know, he helps keep the bozos away. Jason's like, great, great, great. Um, so Jonathan goes back into his dressing room. The blonde-haired, mullety, muscle man bodyguard comes by. And Jonathan fucking unloads on him with an earshot of Jason because the guy's door is open. Then he shuts it. As you can still hear him screaming at his manager saying, hey... Where the fuck you been? You know, correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't it your job to protect me? And the guy's like, hey, I was getting a donut. And Jonathan fat shames this guy. Like, oh, whoa, while you were out stuffing your fat fucking face, this damn guy, this bozo, comes up to me to meet his fucking stupid child. So, you know, I'm gonna meet this kid. So go grab, uh, what do you say, a PR public relations photographer so I can get some promos out of this to send to a magazine and get some money for it. It's like, in the future, you fucking protect my ass or else I will fucking let you go. Make sure the future bozos stay the fuck out of my face. So, blonde-haired mullet muscle man comes out. He's like, hey, what are you doing here? As he looks at Jason, like, why are you hanging around his dressing room? Jason's like, oh, no, don't mind me. I'm the original quote-unquote bozo. So, Jason heard a uh, earful that this guy is a rancid piece of dog shit. Damn, Ben, are you taking a lifelong shit? Are you taking a ten-minute piss? You should, even Maggie, Maggie, what are you, well, she's probably got to straighten up her makeup or whatever, you know, you know, you know how, yeah, women who wear makeup, they gotta, you know, straighten up, put on a little more blush, mascara, lipstick, what have you. Um, so, Jason is just really, he's irritated, which is like, I can't believe my kid likes this piece of shit asshole. I'm going to play this clip as Maggie comes up to him and Jason kind of unloads on the kind of guy that Jonathan Keith is. Maggie, oh, what is that? Still in the bathroom. Oh, they Look, say women take forever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just met Jonathan Keith. And I oh, and he signed it. 
you know, I was just standing here and uh, came over. We started talking, and before I knew it, he said Ben could meet him in the dressing room. Are you kidding? Yeah, but look, I gotta tell you, Ben, I heard him say Ben, something. your father has wonderful news. He's arranged it so you can go back to Jonathan's dressing room and meet him. Whoa! <laughs> yeah, Ben, wait a minute. Just before you do, <laughs> Ben. So Maggie comes over, like, hey, where's Ben? He's in the bathroom still. Like, oh, and Peggy makes a joke how, oh, they say women take forever. And she's like, oh, is this the album? Oh, my gosh, Jonathan Keith signed this? Because Jason mentions how Jonathan Keith came out. And he even says, well, he's agreed to meet Ben. Ben comes down, and Jason brings us up. Boom! Ben literally runs right into the guy's room. Like, he could not wait. So I'm going to play this clip. <laughs> Make me believe it. Okay, so where was I? Oh, yeah. My name's, um, um... Ben Seaver. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, Jonathan, this is my wife, Maggie. She's also met you, Dad. Very, very nice to meet you. <laughs> my pleasure. <laughs> and this is my road manager, Tony. He takes care of me sometimes. I've heard. Uh, Jonathan, hey, how about one with your arm around it? All right. Make me believe it. I bet Ben is your biggest fan. He knows everything about you. Oh, well, I hope not. <laughs> well, I know you're 24. You're from Boston. I know that your song, My Only One, was written for your wife, Ellie. Well, she is my only one. She's at home with the baby. Aww. I know all the words don't be down. Don't be down. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Don't be down. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, Jonathan, one where you're interested in what he's saying. So how'd you end up crashing backstage? All right, make me believe it. My mom called the Skyder TV station. See, I'm, I'm kind of a celebrity myself. <laughs> I'm a reporter for Channel 19. Oh, yeah, very cool. <laughs> I think you know our editor, uh, Steve Jerkins. Yeah. yeah. He got his press seats. I got what I need. Well, it's been nice meeting you. Is it true you've got a dog named Grammy? Yeah. I, I'm Is that your favorite people. guitar? Okay. Uh, Tony, would you make sure our guests receive front row tickets for tonight's show? Mm -hmm. Front row? Hey, I got connections. Thanks, Jonathan. Well, Thank you. All right. Bye bye. You folks enjoy the show. Bye. Bye-bye. So, in the next scene, we got this PR guy. He's taking pictures. And Ben's like, all right, where was I? And you think he's in the middle of a story. But he, he's like, um, I'm, uh, I'm, uh, and Jason's like, you're Ben Seaver. And Ben's like, yeah, yeah, right, that's me. What? It's kind of funny. It seems like one of the tropes for meeting someone that you're absolutely gaga over or you're incredibly starstruck, one of the symptoms is you can't remember your name. Now, I remember this wasn't a musician that I met, but I was equally geeked. Not as, not Ben Sieber level geeked. I mean, I was really psyched, but... You know, I wasn't all, I don't know, ask him a thousand questions. No. I'll tell the story real quick. It was October, late October, 2009. And I remember Sunday, Jeremy, I, you know, it was Sunday, Jeremy threw the paper at me saying, hey, I bet you won't be interested in this. Look at it. I screamed, ah! Ah! oh my gosh, 
the author of Angela's Ashes, Frank McCord, R.I.P. He passed away. It'll be 10 years in July of this year. Actually, it was 11 years. Um, no, I met him in October, late October 2008, 2008. And um, I was so amazing. I mean, it's one of those things like, there's no way. There's no way that Frank McCord is going to come here to this, you know, smallish town. But he did. It was, um, one of the local community colleges had set it up for a uh, annual, um, celebration thing that they do every year. I was so excited. It's like, that was my dream to meet Frank McCord. Like, one of those dreams that you know it's never going to happen. Never, ever, ever going to come true. So Jeremy drops me off, and I'm just hanging. The, the The event it's a it's a talk. It's an author talk, a presentation, and it doesn't go on till like seven o'clock or something. Jeremy drops me off at like six something. I'm just walking around, hanging around, and the place that I'm at actually has a a lower level, which has a little like mini restaurant there. So I go down there, and I'm like, I'm gonna like get a water or something, right? And I'm just kind of hanging around. Who do I see sitting at a table with like a group of um, higher up type people? You know, probably the people that, you know, brought him to the town. I see him there. I'm just hanging back. I'm not a stalker, I promise. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh my gosh, I'm in this close proximity. So I um, was like, gosh, I, um, I, I, I'm going to head back upstairs, right? But as I start to walk across the room, Frank McCourt stands up. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is now or never, now or never. I go up to him and I say, hi, my name is Angela Bowen. And I really, really enjoyed your book. And I'm so happy to be able to meet you. I got to shake his hand. Shake his hand. Oh, I'm like, this is, this day is going to live on for the rest of my life. It's one, one of the greatest moments after my wedding. <laughs> so, um, listen, you know, to him talk and then I got in line for the book signing. Had my camera with me. It was not, it's not a, wait, was it a phone camera? I'm trying to think. It was 2008. It would not have been a, a camera phone. No, it was a regular, um, uh, digital camera, but I'm there, and I'm like, I'm getting close, I'm almost next, and the person that's like, okay, your turn, okay, your turn, hey, hand her the camera, even though no one else had done this, I'm like, can you please, please, please take my picture with him, it's, it's almost like, if I don't do the, because while I was waiting in line, I was, like, going over my mind, like, am, do I have the courage to do this, I'm so nervous, but if I don't do this, I'm gonna regret it, and I said, can you please, please, please take my picture? And I sit down next to him. And I I don't think that he, uh, I mean, I'm sure he was aware of what was going on. But he's like, what what's happening? That was my starstruck moment. And I'm just like, I have that picture. I will put it on Instagram after I post this episode so you can see. But. I just knew, just waiting in line, it's like, if I don't do this, I am going to regret it for the rest of my life. So he signed my book. Of course, my name is Angela. Angela Satchez. <laughs> I still have the signed copy. In fact, I plan for it to be maybe buried with me. I'm not sure yet. But, uh, yeah. 
So that was my starstruck story. See, some people are excited about meeting rock stars and musicians and stuff. Me, I love to meet book authors. I've also met John Grogan twice. Once with uh, Jeremy and me, we went to Ann Arbor to a bookstore that is now closed. What the hell was the bookstore called? Um, Borders Books. It doesn't exist anymore but um we went there we got to meet him it was so cool and then john grogan came to forest hills to their arts department or, or performing arts center and uh, i brought jeremy's mom and she got her book signed by him so it was really really cool it's like i didn't think now he wasn't gonna remember he me he uh john grogan wrote marley and me and um the first time i met him it was for his uh the longest trip home for that book, his second book that had come out, and um, let's see who else. Uh, Francine Rivers, two thousand eight, met her. Bob Tart, he's a local author. He lives in Lowell, my hometown. So he and I kind of got to talking about that. It was pretty cool. Who else have I met? I think that's. In person, that's about... Oh, oh, um, yeah, some young adult authors. I met Sarah J. Moss, if you like young adult fantasy. She wrote the Throne of Glass series. Pretty much after that, it's been a lot of, um, young adult authors. Uh, Colleen Hoke. I actually took a day off of work. Because the odds are that this woman was never... It's like, this is a once-in-a-lifetime chance. I took off work, and I even said, you know, it's like, how often do I call it? Like, next to never. So I took that day, went to Lansing, and saw Colleen Hoke. I think it was like a Barnes & Noble for um, her Tiger's Curse series, which I still got to finish that. I think I'm going to just reread the, the series. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, talk about a long-ass break between books. Because originally it was just going to be four books, and the fourth book released in 2012. Well, her fifth book released, like, just last summer, last fall. And she had to actually reread her own series to get back into the world to be able to write this fifth book. But, alright guys, let's get back into the episode here. So Jason introduces uh, Jonathan Keith to Maggie. And Maggie is a little starstruck herself. She's a little embarrassed, a little blushing there. And Jonathan, of course, takes that opportunity to introduce his road manager, Tony, as he says, he takes care of me. Sometimes. And Jason's like, yeah, yeah. Jason gets what he's trying, what's, what he, that undertone there. So the PR guy, uh, photographer is getting these poses set up between Jonathan and Ben. Like, hey, how, ma how about one picture with your arm around him? How about another where you're interested in what he's saying? So Maggie's like, Ben is your biggest fan. I bet he knows everything about you. And she's not kidding. She knows, or Ben knows, like, the song he wrote for his, like, My One and Only was written about his wife, Ellie. And Jonathan's like, well, she is my one and only. Fuck you. No, she's not. Uh, apparently he's got a kid with her. Like, oh, she's at home with a baby, and Maggie just gushes, like, oh, and Jason is just rolling his eyes. Like, he, he's got his hands behind his back, just like, I don't believe a fucking word that's coming out of your mouth, young man. And from Ben, we learned that Jonathan Keith is 24. Damn, Ben's got his... He is 
I'm not going to say so much obsessed, but he knows a lot of, but it's all basic stuff that you probably get from a, a teen rock star magazine. Apparently, Jonathan Keith is from Boston. My only one. Okay, that's the song that was written about his wife. And Ben's like, I know all the words of Don't Be Down. And he proceeds to start to sing a little of it. Like, Don't Be Down. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Don't Be Down. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And, and the guy, Jonathan's like, oh, that's that's great, buddy. As he, like, cuts him off. Like, you don't need to sing the whole song. I, I know, I, I wrote the song, in fact. So, <laughs> you don't need to do this. So Jonathan is like, hey, how do you sneak back, uh, get backstage? And Ben's like, oh, yeah, my mom, uh, she called this, uh, news station. So Maggie, of course, takes this opportunity to stand up and gush about herself. Like, oh, I'm kind of a celebrity. I work at, uh, Channel, was it 19? She's a reporter for Channel 19. And she's like, oh, you probably know Steve Jurgens." And Jonathan kind of looks at her, and then he looks at his road manager, who's got his arms crossed, he's just kind of hanging back, and he's nodding at Jonathan, like, yes, yep, you know him, as in he probably doesn't, but just nod and say yes, let's get this over with. So Maggie's like, oh, he got us press seats, as she kind of, like, fake, like, um, kind of lightly punches his, uh, Jonathan's elbow there. Or his shoulder, I'm sorry. So, Jonathan kind of wants to cut this. Like, I'm I'm done. Let's let's move on. We got to meet. He's like, all right. So, and, and Ben interrupts. Like, is it true you got a dog named, what do you say, Grammy? And Ben is just like, is that your favorite guitar? And, and Jonathan is like trying to get a, a word in and like kind of like shove them out the door. Like, let's go, let's go, let's go. Ben doesn't want to leave. He's like, uh, I want to sit here and ask you every single question I can think of. So, Jonathan's hate. Uh, Tony, why don't you make sure our guests receive front row passes, front row tickets for tonight's concert? And Ben's like, front row? I'm sure the tickets that the Steve Jurgens guy got them probably was not front row. So Ben's like, front row? And Jonathan's like, hey, look, I got, I got connections, all right? As he does a little finger gun, <laughs> Ben. So Jonathan waves him off as Ben hangs in the doorway and he just is gushing like... This is my dream come true. If I die tomorrow, I would die a happy boy. As in, this was his end-all, be-all teenage, pre-teen dream of meeting. Like, his dream has been fulfilled. So, that guy with the dark hair and the fucked up face uh, comes in and says, Hey, Jonathan, your quote-unquote hot coffee is here. And we see this woman come in who almost looks like a doppelganger for Carol Seaver, and she's wearing this heavy black overcoat as the guy's like, hey, your hot coffee's here. And then Jonathan makes a joke about Juan Valdez would approve as his other, this bodyguard, what have you want to call him, kind of smiles like, yeah, I bet he does. So I'm going to play this clip uh, outside of the dressing room as... Ben is like, he liked me. He really liked me. And Jason's like, yeah, it sure sounded like that, didn't it? So I'm going to play this clip. As uh, Ben realizes he forgot his album in Jonathan's dressing room, heads to go get it, and then Maggie and Jason kind of talk about... Maggie was not really that fooled either by, like, um, after a while, didn't it seem like that Jonathan Keith was... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? And Jason's like, full of bullshit? She's like, yeah. And I love Jason also saying, well, so was his dad. His dad was a fucking asshole, too. You like me. You like me. 
to show my album to Vito and Sticky and the Vats Brothers. Oh no, I forgot my album. Be right back. Jason, after a while, did you get the sense that Jonathan was, I don't know, full of bull? <laughs> so was his father. Okay, I gotta say, the Seavers definitely have some money. Maggie's wearing this really nice light brown leather jacket. Ben's also wearing a leather jacket that's kind of a similarish shade of Maggie's almost. So I'm gonna play this clip as Ben gets a rude fucking awakening as he rushes. He doesn't even knock. He just rushes like, oh, sorry, Jonathan, I forgot my album. I'm like, oh, you knock first, buddy. You are not on a first-name basis with this dude. He probably already forgot you existed. Sorry, Jonathan, I forgot my <laughs> Damn it, I'm busy. That's not Ellie. Just get the hell out of here, you snot-nosed brat. Get out! Out, 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 shut... Get out. So if I were bent, just take the fucking album and go! Don't go, hey, that's not your wife that you're kissing! Is that your jail business, Ben? That is not your business. Yes, this guy's a fucking creep. As he's like, what the hell do you want? Get the fuck out of here, you snot-lose little shit. And Ben is just like, like, how dare you? Like, And he, he just, he, he leaves. It's like, buddy, your job was to go in there, get the album, get out. Not subject yourself to this guy's ridicule. And this guy just screaming at your face. Yeah, the first thing that Brad Pitt says when Ben's like, oh, I forgot my album, and Brad, uh, <laughs> Jonathan Keith is like, damn it, I'm busy. Like, yeah, getting, uh, fucking some prostitute on your dressing room couch. And at that point, Ben is now looking at them like, hey, that's not Ellie, your wife. And <laughs> Jonathan Keith kind of puts, uh, a thumb and index finger kind of to his, between his eyebrows, like, oh, fuck this. He's like, what the hell? Get out of here, you snot little, little, little brat. And, and Jonathan is pointing towards the door, like Ben, like, still trying to register what's happening. He's like, out, 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 get out now. And Ben grabs the doorknob and, like, just, like, fuck you. You piece of shit. My image of you is now completely blown. So I'm going to play this clip as Maggie's like, he called you a bozo, but he doesn't even know you to Jason. He called you a bozo? Mm-hmm. But he doesn't even know you. I mean... I know what you mean. Oh, here he comes. Pumpkin, are you ready to go? Uh-huh. Yeah, you got your album? Mm-hmm. Yeah, got to see Jonathan? I sure did. Okay. So, they see Ben come along, and Jason's like, hey, you got your album, huh? Good for you. You ready to go? You got to see Jonathan? And Ben's all like, he is absolutely, that enthusiasm that he just had, like, moments before is completely gone and deflated. It's like, his head, he's hanging his head low, he just looks depressed as fuck. Like, I just had my world ripped away from me. My whole, yeah. Now we come back to the house. So Mike and Carol, Carol's hanging out on the couch with baby Chrissy there. Mike is hanging out in the armchair. He's got his feet up on the coffee table. And she's like, Mike, Chrissy needs to be changed. And Ben's like, or not Ben, Mike's like, no, she doesn't. 
Then Carol's like, well, then you do. So Mike pulls out, I remember, this double-sided quarter, like heads or tails, I'll flip you for it and whoever can change it. Because he calls heads, and of course it's a two-headed coin, so Carol has to change Chrissy. So Jason, Maggie, and Ben arrive home, and Mike's like, hey, how was the sound check? And Maggie's taking off her coat, she's like, loud. So Ben just wants to kind of get away, get to his room, and sulk. And Jason's like, oh, you're going to call your friends, huh? Tell them you met Jonathan Keith, you got your album signed and all that. And Ben's like, yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I'm going to do. So Mike's like, hey, Benny, you got to meet Jonathan Keith. Was he everything you wanted, he, uh, you thought he would be? And Ben's like, huh, and more, as he uh, high-fives Mike there and heads upstairs. So Ben gets to his room. He is in a full-on fucking rage as he stares at Jonathan Keith's poster above his bed, and he just goes to town, ripping it to shreds. Ben rips down, tears apart Jonathan's poster, rips it to shreds. We see Carol throwing away a dirty diaper in the hallway. Oh, God! Carol, put that in a... somewhere else. That hallway is gonna stink like baby shit. So in the next scene, Jason's letting Carol know, like, hey, we will be back from the concert about 11. That's when this... that stringy-haired guy from, uh, the, ho- the homeless looking guy from the concert who was, like, hanging out by the ticket window for three fucking days, pops his head and like, hey, is this the right house? And Jason looks at him like, well, it is for us. Who are you? <laughs> and the guy's like, oh, I'm Boom Boom. I'm here for the Jonathan Keith tickets. Hey, is this the right house? <laughs> it is for us. Can I have <laughs> Yeah, I'm Boom Boom. shows up and immediately (laughs) Jason's like are you here for Carol and I'm like Jason please you know Carol's got better taste than that are you kidding me so the guy's there for the Jonathan Keith tickets he supposedly spoke to Mike disguised as uh Ben disguised as Mike um about the tickets just said hey come to the back door don't disturb his parents Jason's like, well, I'm sorry, uh, boom, boom, but uh, these tickets aren't for sale. And the guy's like, oh, yeah, okay. Oh, sorry to disturb you, then. And then he, I thought I was going to walk into the wall for a second. That guy looks like a, 
of fucking dopehead. And he looks at Carol like, oh, are, are you Carol? And Carol's like, no, no. And the guy walks out the door and Jason's like, no, she's not. So Jason goes up to Ben's room. Ben is laying in bed with a thermometer in his mouth. And he's like, hey, we're going to the concert. What's up? Why are you in bed with a thermometer in your mouth? And Ben's like, well, I'm not a well man. I, uh, it's the lighting or something. Or No, I thought he said it's like the poster, the ink or something. It's making me ill. So I'm going to play this clip. As it doesn't take long for Jason to suss out why Ben doesn't want to go to this concert. I'm thinking of season four. Jason's got some blonde highlights in the front of his hair. It looks really good. So Jason enters Ben's room saying, oh, a guy named Boom Boom just came in, said he spoke to Mike about some Jonathan Keith tickets, and right away, Jason stops mid-sentence and is like, Ben, what's going on? What's with you in the bed and the thermometer? Ben's like, we're having a fever as he's talking through the thermometer in his mouth. So Jason takes the thermometer out, looks at the temperature. It's 128. And Ben's like, oh, so I'm not well enough to go to the concert, huh? And Jason's like, yeah, and you should be basted too. What in the world? So Jason's not buying it. Like, what's going on, Ben? And Ben's like, see, I told you, I'm not a well guy. I'm sick. I got a fever. And Jason's like, no, 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 no. You held this thermometer up to a light bulb, didn't you? So Ben's like, all right, I don't have a temperature. I'm still sick, though. So Jason kind of sits down and is like, what is this about Mike selling your tickets? And Ben's like, well, I figured since I wasn't going to the concert, I can make some easy money. Well, first of all, buddy, your mom set this up. You wouldn't, I don't think you'd be getting that money. That money would probably be going back to your mom or to Jason. So Jason points to the wall. He's like, hey, you used to have a poster of Jonathan Keith above your bed. Where'd that go? And Ben's like, oh, well, I took it down. And Jason's like, why? And Ben says, well, it was making me ill. The ink or something. The ink? <laughs> Did it come fresh off the printer? So I'm going to play this clip. Yeah. And a guy named Boom Boom just left here and he said, Ben? Dad, I don't feel too good. Oh, what's the matter? I've got a fever. 128. <laughs> so I should probably stay in tonight, huh? Yes, and you should be basted, too. <laughs> I knew it was bad. What's going on, Ben? I told you, I'm not a well man. You held this up to the light bulb, didn't you? Okay, so maybe I don't have a temperature, but I'm still sick. Mm-hmm. And what's this about Mike selling your tickets? Well, since I wasn't going to the concert, I figured I could make some easy money. You used to have a poster of Jonathan Keith up there, didn't you? I took it down. Why? It was making me sick. They ink or something. Something happened today when you went backstage to get your album, didn't it? Hmm? Hey. Me, remember? Dad, Jonathan is a real jerk. I saw him kissing this lady who wasn't his wife, and he called me a snot-nosed little brat. Sorry, man. I had a feeling that maybe Jonathan wasn't exactly what you thought when you... He's just a big phony. I hate him. I wish I hadn't <laughs> seen him today. I don't ever want to see him or his stupid music again. I'm going to get rid of his records right now. Hey, hey, hey. Oh, no. What? What if 
jerks like Jonathan. What fault, famous people are skunk bucket? Hey, hey, calm down. Wait a second. Hey, Ben. Now, just a second. Now, I don't know every famous person, but I'll tell you one thing. I imagine they're just like everybody else. I mean, some are going to be nice and some aren't so nice. You can't hate everybody just because of one person. Um, I thought Jonathan liked me. thought I liked him. Well, but you didn't even know him, Ben. Come on, all you know about him are what you hear on his records and what he says on TV, what you read about him. So? So, well, the image isn't always what the person is really like. Now, take your mom, for instance. People watch her on TV, they think she's this cool, rational, all-business-type newswoman. You and I know that's not the truth. <laughs> that's not the whole truth. Man, how can Jonathan act like that? I mean, doesn't he know what a slime he is? Maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe you know him better than he knows himself. That doesn't make me feel any better. Hey, remember when you first heard that Kermit wasn't a real frog? Whoa. <laughs> Don't remind me. Yeah, well, it took you months before you could even watch Sesame Street again. But you did. I couldn't help it. It's a good show. Okay, so just because you found out the truth about Jonathan Keith doesn't mean you can't enjoy his music. Come on, what's that song that you like so much? Don't be dumb. Don't be dumb. The man sure does write a good song. Yeah. <laughs> so come on, why don't you and I just go to that concert and see if we can have some fun? I don't know. All right, if you don't want to see Jonathan Keith, Gary Puckett's in town. Now, I happen to know he's a real nice guy. Dad, I don't like Gary Puckett's music. Oh, so you go to a rock concert for the music? <laughs> hey, Benny, Benny, I got some great news. I got this guy who's coming over who's willing to pay big bucks for those tickets. His name wouldn't be Boom Boom, would it? <laughs> yeah, you know. We went to med school together. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, anyway, Benny, listen. Mike, I don't want to sell them. <coughs> We're going to the concert, right, Dad? Right. You are willing to give up 300 bucks a ticket? We don't care about the money, do we, Dad? No. <laughs> so Ben is so upset and angry that he can't even look at his father. His mind is just so focused on, you know, what Jonathan Keith called him. And the fact that Ben just made up this image of how great this guy was going to be, and it's just the moment that Jonathan Keith called him a brat and everything, it's like that image that Ben built in his mind just completely shattered, and this has got to be this doesn't really got to be earth shattering for him, it's like we make up these people in their mind, we see their movies, or we listen to their music, and we build these people up, and we read about them in the magazines, we see their interviews and everything like that, we build this image up of what we see and what we read and what we hear of what this person is like. When in fact, no, we don't know who the fuck these people are. And Jason's, you know, trying to get, you know, Jason's sitting next to Ben's bed and he's like kind of like patting, uh, you know, Ben's arm like, hey, buddy, it's me. You don't talk to me. What's going on? And Ben just takes that minute to completely unload on Jason. He throws the covers back, and he's like, Dad, look, Jonathan was a big jerk, okay? He called me a snot-nosed brat. I saw him kissing someone who was not his wife. Because right before Ben unloads, Jason hits that trigger button with, 
something happened when you went back to get your album, didn't it? And that is when Ben throws the covers back and just starts screaming how I saw Jonathan kissing this girl who wasn't his wife and he called me a snot-nosed little brat and Jason's like, you know, I'm sorry, buddy. I knew that, you know, when you went back there, that I knew that Jonathan wasn't all that he was cracked up to be. All you built, how you built him up in his mind was, he was not anything like that. So, Ben is full-on definitely bashing, which well-deserved, he's bashing the hell out of Jonathan Keith. Like, he's a big damn phony, I wish I'd never met him. It's like, yeah, if Ben hadn't met him, he'd still be on the Jonathan train. And... He's like, I don't want to go to his concert. And then Ben starts to think, well, wait a minute. What if other rock stars and other musicians and people that I like are all pieces of shit like Jonathan? And Ben goes so far as to start ripping other posters down of other musicians. And Jason finally has to get up and grab Ben like, hey, whoa, 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 Ben, sit. Now, I know you're upset. But you can't go on thinking that just because one guy treated you like garbage, that everyone is going to be like that. And and Ben's like, well, I thought he liked me. You know, I, I thought I, you know, I liked him and I thought he liked me. And Jason's like, well, Ben, you didn't even know him. You know, the only thing you know about him is what you read in the magazines, what you see in interviews, what you, how, you know, listen to his music and all, and him, on t seeing him on TV. That is the only thing. And that is an image that they project. And Ben is like, how does he not know what a piece of crap he is? And Jason's like, well, maybe he doesn't. Maybe, you know, it, you know, it takes people like you to really see. Like, you can't tell me that that guy doesn't know he's a piece of shit. He puts on an image when other people come around, like that photographer. Or when he's out in the public eye. He projects an image. Of, I'm a nice guy. When in reality, no. You know, I, I'm not gonna, you know, bash musicians and, and bash movie stars who don't want to have anything to do with their fans. Like, oh, God, I gotta sign this? Oh, what the fuck? You want me to take a selfie with you? No. It's like, we, as a society, seem to be so intrusive to celebrities that we feel like we're entitled to know everything about them and their personal life. Like, oh, that's what you sign up for when you're a celebrity or a musician. Like, well, n not exactly. I mean, they are human. At the end of the day, musicians and celebrities and stuff like that, they're human beings just like us. You strip away all of that that makes them you know, who they created themselves to be. And at the end of the day, they are just normal as you and me. But apparently, seeing them go to the grocery store and doing things that we would normally do in regular life is somehow one of them, like, just absolutely amazing. Like, I, I saw so-and-so eating at a, a Chili's or, or a Chick-fil-A the other day. It's like, yeah, he was getting lunch, you know, or they were eating food, you know, the basic necessity of life to keep you going every day. Or, oh, I saw so-and-so, like, getting their groceries. Like, good for you. 
So Jason kind of uses Maggie as an example. It's like you people see your mom on TV, on the news station, and they think she's this nice, upbeat, rational woman, but we both know that isn't true at all. It's like, yeah, you're projecting an image of what you believe the public would want, what you want the public to see of as yourself. So... Jason brings up a good fact. It's like, just because the guy is a jerk doesn't mean that you can't enjoy his music. And Jason starts to sing that don't be down don't be down And I'm like, I'm in my head because it sounds good. La 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 la. Boom, 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 boom. Oh my gosh, it's going to be stuck in my head all day. <laughs> so Jason's like, well, I mean, if you don't like Jonathan Keith, you don't want to go to a concert, well, I happen to know that Gary Puckett is a great, awesome guy. And Ben's like, well, I don't like Gary Puckett's music. And Jason's like, oh, so you go to the concert to hear the, oh, you go to the concert to hear the music. And this kind of dawns on Ben. It's like, yeah, I mean, the guy may be a jerk, but the music's good. I mean, just because people are jerks doesn't mean that I'm going to stop listening to their music. So Ben's like, you're right, Dad, I am going to go to the concert. That's when Mike swoops in, like, zoom, like like uh, um, a funnel cloud and says, Ben, 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 I just got off the phone with this guy. He's willing to pay 300 bucks per ticket. And Ben's like, we don't care about the money as he's hugging Jason. We don't care about the money, do we, Dad? We're going to go to the concert. And Jason, over Ben's head, is kind of mouthing the words to Mike, like, $300? And... Mike's going doing the, yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, 300 bucks per ticket, Dad. So if this were nowadays, definitely I could see Ben following Jonathan Keith on Twitter or Instagram and stuff like that, YouTube. He would be all up in Jonathan Keith's business. I mean, the only thing keeping um, different from today's world and 1989 is we didn't have all that stuff that now it seems like we can even interact with celebrities in, in a, to an extent, like on Twitter. Like, oh, they retweeted. Oh, they followed. So-and-so followed me on Instagram or Twitter. And, oh, they retweeted my tweet. Oh, they, they commented. Oh, my God. It's like we are at a level now that we can actually interact with celebrities and, and people that we admire and follow and everything like that. And that's that's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. But overall, I mean, this is a good a good message to to young people and just to even us adults. It's like we need to realize that at the end of the day, celebrities are no different than us. They're human. They may make more money than us. They're in the public eye. And their lives are probably really, really stressful. We may need to cut them a little slack and let them live their lives, let them be themselves, and not feel like we need to interfere or or even judge them and stuff like that. Just, I mean, they are in a separate world from us, but we don't have a say in how they live their lives. All right, I'm going to play this clip. They come back from the concert, and not only is Maggie shouting, but Jason is shouting as well. Like, they, they, Jeremy even said when he returned from that Metallica concert that his ears were were ringing. He wasn't shouting at me or anything. 
But yeah, his ears were definitely ringing. This is more for comedic effect. Because they probably had to shout over the music to even be heard by each other. at each other and Jason's like who says we're old fogies and she's like what and he's like oh fogies old ones and she's like what <laughs> it's just funny <laughs> and that closes out the episode I thought this was it was a good episode I really really thought it proved a good lesson as to how we react to something like that like if we met somebody that we admired and they turned out to be like, we build them up so much in our mind that when we see them, it's truly earth-shattering And the, if they turn out to be a real jerk. But then again, it's like, are you going to stop watching that person's movies? Are you going to stop listening to their music if they're a musician? Are you going to stop following them on Twitter or Instagram and, and stuff like that? I mean... That de de depends. Like, what do you admire? I mean, I, I, I don't know. Um, I mean, if people stopped watching The Cosby Show. I think it's still on Amazon Prime. But after what happened with Bill Cosby, did people stop watching the show? Or was Stephen Collins from 7th Heaven, did people stop? Because I know networks, like, pulled their reruns and stuff of that off the air. Or just, like, like everything, like, happening with, like, Lori Laughlin and everything. Like, what's going on with her? Like, are people like, I'm not going to watch Full House anymore because Lori Laughlin's in it. And I don't agree with what she did and, and, and this and that. Because, you know, like, when shit hits the fan for these people, it's like, you make a mistake. Everything you work towards and worked for, built a career out of. It's amazing how fast all of that will go away. And it, it... I I honestly feel for the people that lose out in this situation. The people that, you know, work their asses off in school to get into these places only to find out that, oh, we don't have another spot for you. We gave it to so-and-so. But I'm not going to get into that. Um, I was talking about it with my coworker yesterday. But um, for this episode, the rating, I'm going to give it a, um, I'm going to give it a four out of five. Um, the only thing I didn't care for was the guy would like referring to like a prostitute as like hot coffee. That was their code and everything like that. Just, ugh. Um, but the things I liked, I liked that Ben got to meet somebody, but he learned a harsh lesson and people aren't always what we perceive them to be or build them up in our mind. Jason helping Ben to realize that, that you didn't know anything about Jonathan Keith. And he's really trying to make Ben understand. It's like, just because the guy is a jerk doesn't mean that you can't enjoy his music. Um, I like the boom boom, that guy, like, oh, are you Carol? <laughs> I thought that was funny. 
I liked uh, Maggie being able to get the tickets over uh, Jason striking out. Maggie's able to like get them and like, oh, you don't need to send a limo and everything. That was that was cool. I just I did not I knocked one off. Jonathan Keith was the fact that not only he's calling this kid a uh, selfish little brat or a snot-nosed brat, and he's going to fuck someone who's not his wife. And the fact, this guy is so like, oh, my wife's at home with the baby. Like, fuck you. But, um, yeah, my, I guess just what I learned from the episode is just don't, don't build people up in your mind is how you perceive them because you are always going to be let down when you, like, meet them in person. Or maybe not. Don't presume you know somebody just because you read about them or see them on TV or in the movies or in this and that. Like, a lot of what you read in the magazines is all bullshit. Most of it, I would imagine. I think the next episode, we're going to have fun with this. Uh, season 5, episode 25. Whoa! That, how many episodes were in? 26. Okay. Season 5, episode 25, entitled Ben's Movie. This episode aired on April 25th, 1990. Ben shoots a movie in his backyard for school. He films it in his driveway. That's not a backyard. But the film subject has Maggie worried. We get to see Laura Lynn. Oh, uh, Jaws is a part of the soundtrack written by John Williams. So this is going to be fun. <laughs> it's going to be a fun, fun time. Alright, so let's say hey to some podcast listeners. We got Wichita, Kansas, Huntington Beach, California, Baltimore, Maryland, South Lake, Texas, Montgomery, Alabama, and Seven Hills, Australia. Alright, guys, I will be back next week with Ben's movie from Season 5. Have a great weekend, everybody. Bye-bye.